Hello, and welcome to Rightfully So, your podcast for all things first-year writing. Um, we're back after an extended hiatus over summer break. I hope those of you who are uh, loyal listeners got to enjoy your time off, um, but now we're back into it. We're back in the classrooms, uh, we're back to learning, and we're back to talking about writing. So the subject for, for this episode is fear of a blank page, um, overcoming anxieties about the writing process. Uh, previous episodes of Rightfully So have addressed this idea of like getting started with a writing assignment. Uh, we have episodes such as uh, pre-writing versus brainstorming, uh, talking it out first, the role of conversation in the writing process. We've talked about where do ideas come from, passion versus discipline, and choosing a topic. Uh, however, each of the and, and while each of these episodes addresses sort of various techniques or tricks or, or tips for kind of getting past that initial writer's block, uh, one of the things I don't feel that they've adequately addressed is the anxiety that a writer may have about writing itself. Um, the sort of the panic attack you get when your teacher hands you that writing prompt and says, go forth and draft me an essay. Um, and so this episode is going to focus that, on that. We're going to talk about anxiety around uh, writing and um, recognize that uh, many, if, if not all students, are anxious about academic writing. Um, and then, because uh, ultimately techniques for, for idea generation are great, but, but they're not helpful if you can't get past your fear of a blank page. Um, so I think we're going to cover a, a variety of sort of like mindsets around anxiety, you know, that anxiety about writing topics uh, and writing in general, hopefully dispel some myths about what it means to be a good writer or an active writer. Uh, and, and hopefully uh, help you as the listener find a spot where you don't have that panic attack when you see that writing prompt. Um, so today I'm joined by uh, Jeanette, and we have a special guest, Mia Hall, who uh, is an instructor, uh, teaches first-year writing. Um, so happy to have you with us, Mia. Um, Carrie is is out. She She's on baby leave. I hope she's having the best time ever uh, with her her new child. And um, I think here's a good start, uh, a good good spot to start. Yeah, there we go. I managed to spit it out. So um, yeah, let's talk about the anxiety around writing. Like uh, where, where do you think it comes from and, and have you experienced yourself and um, how might we address this for our students? I feel like to be human is to have anxiety about writing. <laughs> I, I know I'm misusing another quote, but um, <laughs> Mia in our earlier conversation was talking about the mythical status, and <laughs> I want to hear more because I think it, it, it's true, and it, it was a good thought, like, in terms of, like, why? Like, it is strangely tough, and I don't know that I've ever met anyone who doesn't have this experience at some point right? Like depending on what it is, right? Um, where we are literally looking at a blank page for hours sometimes, mm -hmm. for hours. And it's like, I've thought about what I'm supposed to write about, but I just can't bring myself to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I know for myself, I am someone who has done the writing thing literally my entire life. Like, you know, yeah, I was writing poetry for fun way back in like second grade you know there has never been a time that I wasn't doing the writing thing 
And yet it literally wasn't until grad school where I kind of had this realization that 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 in fact made me a writer. Like I never would have called myself a writer, you know, even though I wrote constantly, I wrote for fun, I wrote well, but I never would have, and it, I can remember the moment I was sitting in um, a grad class and was watching one of the teachers dig through the bottom of her purse to try to find something at the bottom of it. And as she was digging, she was pulling out like notebook after notebook after notebook. And I was like, oh, she's a writer. She writes, you know? And it was like this like huge, dumb epiphany for me, where I was like, writers write, period, full stop. That's it, you know? Yeah, I think I think recognizing that you are in fact a writer is is um it's important, right? Um, because I think we often have a tendency to classify ourselves as what we're we're not. Um, you know, I I I like I mentioned earlier, I like to like to draw, um, but I wouldn't consider myself an artist. Um, why? Because I think some of it is is I don't feel like my out my product production to use capitalist terms. <laughs> Um, or skill is at a level where I think that it's worth being called art. Um, someone disagree. Like, do you, do you draw pictures? I'm like, yes, then you're an artist, right? You know, you make art, you're an artist, uh, and everything else is just a subjective value judgment. We also sort of mentioned the idea of, of having sort of like this idealized writer, like what is a writer? Uh, and there is a, an article I shared from Sarah Allen from, uh, the writing spaces, open source text and and alan Spees is called what was it again it's called the inspired writer versus the real writer and one of the things i really loved about alan's piece was that uh she tackles this idea of the inspired writer or the myth of writing is easy for this person and the ease of that prose is in fact what makes them a writer um and she says well that's just nonsense i mean let's let's let go of this sort of mental romanticized mental image of the the dramatic artist you know, with ink stained fingers laboring by candlelight writing just beautiful tortured wonderful just divine inspired prose and it's just the words flow and it's magical and and it just it just happens and then it's this beautiful poetry without revision and she's like calling bs on it she's like that's that's not the case the most seminal texts that we sort of hold in high regard are the result of hard work and revision you know, and she she quotes a few like Hemingway and Bartholomew and, and a couple others. And it's like these texts were not wholly formed mm -hmm. uh, in a single pass. Like they are the result of hard work and effort. And so we need to let go of this idea that in order to be a good writer, writing is easy because it's just not true. It, it's just not um, like me. I grew up reading tons and, and writing a lot. And to some extent. Prose come at least that first draft can come easily for me but it's rare um it, it it tends to what tends to happen is is more of a process of of internalization and um synthesis where i read a whole bunch of stuff and then i just let it percolate and and so i'm kind of drafting in my mind before i ever start writing and then i'll put sort of like pen to paper so to speak and start drafting and at that point yeah it might look easy because i'm you know churning out several pages at a time without stopping but I think that's because I've been working on the process in my head for so long, right? And it 
it's totally different if someone said, okay, here's a prompt. You have five minutes to read the prompt and now go write. I remember I took the GRE and I had like that essay question to answer and I, I froze up for a minute. And I'm like, I don't even know where to start with this. Yeah. Like, what do I write about? How long does it have to be? Right. I had that, that moment of panic, that, that fear of a blank page. Um, so maybe sort of addressing that for students, like stop equating skill with ease or vice mm -hmm. versa. Um, and recognize that for certain artistic endeavors or most artistic endeavors, there's effort required. Like to, to be good at it, it means mindful practice. It means sort of suffering, if you will, like working at it. And not just artistic endeavors. I mean, all endeavors. If you practice, you get better, full stop. You know, um, we've talked about you know, chemistry or math, but the same is also true for, you know, pitching a softball. You practice, you get better. Same thing is true for writing. You practice, you get better. And like you talking through, you know, that idea of like, you know, kind of having a process that, that you know works for you. I think that's a big part of it is I think the the more you write, the more your focus shifts to the process rather than the product. I think so often the anxiety is associated with the product. And when we're writing for a grade, we all have, we all become product oriented, every single one of us, you know? It's interesting you say that because I, as you've both been talking about it, I, the thinking that we do, leading up to literally typing out and drafting um, is completely unseen, right? Like, so I feel like, well, or it, I guess it could be if you are a writer who free writes or, you know, whatever, but uh, sometimes it's not like that, right? You know, and I feel like in comparison to math where, you know, if you're solving an equation, you can kind of see like, okay, I went here first and I did this. Um, it can be less visible than that, or it seems to be. Um, and then you brought up one of my favorite subjects, which is softball. <laughs> and it made me think about the fact that like writing, there's so many details involved. And so, for example, um, when you're batting, whether it's softball or baseball, you have to think about so many different variables at the same time that it's, it is overwhelming, right? Like there's a lot of anxiety and I've heard from very, very, very good softball players, very good baseball players, uh, that batting is something that you always keep working on. Like you, you're never there, you never arrive. Like it's never like, and I, most sports have something like that, right? Like in writing, I think is like that too, because of all the details involved, all the things you're thinking of, all the aspects. Um, and so it's no wonder there's anxiety mm -hmm. um, on top of the fact that, you know, it's for a grade, it's for this person. You're, you're going back to the whole thing of like, I'm writing for my professor or, you know, they're going to read it and they're going to judge me because that's their job. You know, um, there's that layer, but I think part of it too is there's just so much to be anxious about maybe. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so often of my senior year English teacher in high school um, who read us children's books for the first week 
in AP English, like literally like Goodnight Moon and very like basic children's books. And she explained to us at the end of the week that the reason that she did that was she was the mother of a three-year-old at that time. She had taught high school level English for like 20 years at that point. But this was the first time experiencing watching her daughter kind of discover reading and writing. And she was like, there is so much difference between a three-year-old's attitude toward reading and writing and an 18-year-old's reading attitude toward reading and writing. And she was like, we kind of, like, when we first kind of discover that, like, magic of being able to communicate through written words, like, we're all excited about it. And then the focus shifts away from the ideas and the stories, and it it shifts to the rules of writing, you know, getting the punctuation correct, getting the grammar correct, you know, and, and she's like, but really, it's about that joy. It's about the communicating an idea, translating it from my brain to your brain. And it, like, I always hold on to that. Like, that really is what it should be about, right? And then, you know, the punctuation, the grammar, whatever. Yeah, that's super cool. But if the ideas aren't good to start with, I don't know. I think the trauma comes from the rules, not from the ideas. Such a great way of putting it, the the trauma of the rules. Because um, that's something this semester I started addressing in the first couple of weeks, which is um, hey, we're going to be doing a lot of low stakes writing at the beginning, like discussion forums, um, responding to peers as a way of practicing peer review, that kind of stuff, you know, adding context to the assignments to explain that I'm combating this idea of product based writing because of the trauma associated with product based writing. You know, I did a quick, you know, show of hands poll with my students. It's like, you know, how many of you have written a paper that's only two to three pages long? How many of you done time writing? And like everyone's hands go up. I'm like, okay, how many of you have done sustained research and long form writing? And like maybe one or two students. And then it's always, those are the AP students, the international uh, baccalaureate students, um, the ones who are already taking advanced courses or pre-college type courses. They're doing that work to prepare them for sex at the, success at the university, but they're not, but like normally the students aren't doing that stuff, right? They're doing all this product-based writing where it's one and done, and you turn it in for a grade. I'm like, no wonder you're so anxious about writing, right? That fear of being judged is immense. And, and, I, and I have them choose and articulate for me an ideal academic audience. So they aren't necessarily writing to me anymore as well because of that fear of being judged. I'm like, pick somebody that you want to write to, whether it's a peer or an older sibling or somebody, and think about how you're going to use language and think about how you want to communicate your ideas and what details you want to put in there and which ones you want to leave out. You know, what do they know about the subject? What else do they need to know to understand your ideas, right? Um, stop writing to me because it's so difficult to write to your instructor. They, they know more, they have more experience, they're responsible for handing out a grade. Like, I'm like, that is an insurmountable goal at this point in your writing career. Like, let's not add that challenge. Um, and I said, the other thing they need to do, or I recommend that they do to, to manage their anxiety um, is to be forgiving of themselves. Um, meaning stop 
worrying about the rules. Stop trying to be perfect. Stop trying to hold yourself to sort of this unattainable idealized standard and just focus on communicating, like mm -hmm. just focus on writing, get the words on the page first. Everything else is a product of revision, right? Um, and my hope is that by addressing things of like the fear of getting it wrong, the fear of judgment, the fear of being called out for having stupid ideas, um, the fear of like page count, right? Like all the anxieties sort of that are, are based around product-based writing. My hope is I can heal their relationship with writing a little bit. I mean, this all sounds sort of like new agey and huggy, but I, I don't know how else to go about it. Um, and I don't know. Uh, and I, I think it's, I think once we start talking about our feelings towards writing, it's a lot easier to then start building back up as writers and then, uh, you know, sort of addressing things like grammar and style and format um, as sort of byproducts of our care and attention, rather than as a series of hard, fast rules that must be obeyed or you fail. Yeah. Yeah. I, to kind of bridge between, you know, it, everything we're talking about with feelings towards writing and then like how do we approach that blank page um I think for myself one of the things that that often works for me is to start with a question of how am I already an expert rather than starting from like what don't I know or what am I, what am I trying to, you know, tell this imagined audience or this real audience? Like, how am I already an, already an expert? Because I think so often, you know, we read starting with an intro and then we read one paragraph after another. And because the reading process and the writing process are so intimately linked, I think very often we're like, well, okay, so that's how I should write too. I start at the beginning and then I just go through to the end. And I, for me, that doesn't work. That rarely works, rarely works. Like I will spend time thinking, I have kind of an idea of like a beginning, middle and end sort of, but for me, it's definitely easiest to jump into what I feel most confident about, regardless of what that is. Because, I mean, something that I hear from students all the time is it's so much easier for me to write better when I care about what I'm writing about. And so then I say, okay, so find a way to care, you know? And I think that find a way to care is what do you care about? What do you know about? What do you have to say? You, uniquely, what do you have to contribute to this? Start there and then move into what you don't know and maybe your teacher doesn't know maybe your peers don't know start answering those questions that's where you dig into the research but start with what you do know yeah i feel like that's such sound advice is is you know whenever we're anxious ultimately it's because fear of the unknown right or fear of what is possibly out in the unknown um if we were we were making maps around writing, you know, the margins would be full of dragons and sea monsters, right? Because we just don't know. Um, so that's such a great advice to be like, start here, start with what you do know. This is, this is dry, steady land, start here. Uh, then worry about what's over there on the margins of the map. Um, because as you find your way there, you're going to find out that there aren't any dragons and, and sea monsters there. Um, it's, it's, 
it's learning that's out there. It's connecting with your audiences out there. Uh, and those aren't scary things, right? Fear of judgment, I don't know how to help students get over that uh, other than to to sort of be like, encourage yourself and, and realize that your self-worth uh, is not caught up in what other people think of you or your ideas. And I brought this up the other day, but I'm like, if we believe to Saucier that uh, because of the difference between a word and its meaning, that meaning can only be constructed on the reader side, then a reader's judgment of this idea is stupid says so much more about the reader than it does you as the author. Um, so do with that what you will. Um, Maybe they're the dumb ones. I don't know. I don't want to call anybody stupid, but you know, if they're going to throw language around like that, uh, turnabout is fair play, I suppose. Um, we're kind of getting into the last uh, few minutes of our discussion here, uh, and and we've had some some good advice about sort of recognizing anxiety. Uh, I don't want to get too far into sort of like the this is how you cope with anxiety because it's obviously going to be different for anybody else. Um, but I I do want to say that. Uh, I think acknowledging that we're anxious about writing is such a good place and a healthy place to start. Um, rather than being like, I hate writing or writing is stupid or I'm not good at writing. Um, I feel like all of these are symptoms of the fact that we're just anxious about that. Um, so maybe sharing personal experience might be a way for us to sort of wrap this up. So was there a writing project where you felt particularly anxious or overwhelmed? Um, and, and, you know, what was that like for you? I feel like anytime I write a conference paper, uh, <laughs> I have anxiety <laughs> and there is the blank page and I can understand. Uh, and it's a very similar, and I even talked to my students about this. It's a very similar experience to what they're experiencing because I'm writing to an audience who I perceive as knowing more and some of them do and some of them don't. And it's, it's, it's again, very similar. Um, but I think the, the one piece of writing that gave me the most anxiety on if other than a conference paper was um, when I was going up for a job um, and it was a writing a full-time writing instructor. And so there is this pressure where people who teach writing are literally reading your letter. Um, and so it was it was definitely a head game for me. Um, and so it is uh, like all those feelings came out, right? Like that we're talking about, like where it just, it just made me really anxious. Um, and I spent hours on that thing, hours. Um, and I think I eventually came to something that was okay. Um, but there was no way that I would have anyone read the first like five drafts because it was like that kind of project and so that's what I thought of when you said think back to a time it's like oh yeah that's that's the one <laughs> that's the one that was you know my Moby Dick <laughs> so to speak and then I've uh, since then written other letters but it was that very first one mm -hmm. that really was tough right um where I did I didn't expect that um but it was that tough yeah it, it's so funny I mean, the movie analogy because my mind went right there when you were talking about like the struggle i'm like oh it was a great white whale and she's like i don't know that was my moby dick i'm like oh, she said the thing <laughs> i'm sorry me i cut you off oh i was just gonna say that that um my mind kind of went to a similar place to what jeanette's where jeanette kind of ended like it, it felt like you just set me right up to say um what i was thinking is 
I think anytime I'm doing something new, right? Like your first letter was the hardest one after that, it was easier. And for me, it's um, not fully understanding what's expected of me. I don't know yet what I don't know. I don't know what the standards are going to be. And I don't have my own personal process down for approaching this thing. Once I've done it, I'm like, okay, it worked for me to do this this time. It didn't work for me to do that last time. So I'm not going to even waste my time trying to do that again. I, and I mean, that's true of writing my thesis was, I think, what came to my mind, writing my master's thesis, what brought me the most comfort and finally like pushed me to the place where I jumped off the diving board and was like, okay, let's do this, was I read enough other people's theses that I was like, okay, here's what this could look like, right? Jeanette's was one of them. Bill's was another one. <laughs> like I read you guys' theses and went, this is what they did. Okay, these are smart people that I respect. What can I take from this and then also add to it so it's mine, you know? Um, so yeah, anytime, anytime I'm approaching a brand new writing task, lots of anxiety for me. Um, let me just say, I'm, I'm sorry that you read my thesis. Uh, fantastic cure for insomnia, by the way. Uh, just 150 pages of the most pretentious crap you've ever read in your life. But, you know, that's who I am as a person. Uh, you know, the thing that my mind goes back to as, as anxiety about writing actually isn't rooted in, in me writing anything at all, um, which makes me a bit of an outlier once again. But I got asked to peer review uh, an essay for the next volume of writing spaces. Uh, and I'm like, sure, I'll, you know, imposter syndrome kicks in, but, you know, I'm, I'm reasonably well read. I, I write professionally, you know, I'll figure it out. Um, but then it turned out the, the, the article was on peer reviewing <laughs> and being a good peer reviewer. And I'm like, oh, no, this just went into this meta territory where, I'm like, am I being the bad reviewer that they're talking about? Am I nitpicking, just a nitpicking, or does this actually add value? It was the most sort of like self-aware meta commentary of my entire life. And I sweated my whole way through it. It was just, it has got to be one of the toughest things that I have ever done. And I did write a thesis for graduate school. Um, and I've done the conference papers. And, and this somehow was more anxiety inducing than those things combined. Um, and, and I think it was because it made me so self-aware in the process uh, that every word that I was writing down, I was like evaluating relative to the content of the essay. You know, it's like, am I being reviewer number two, this sort of hypercritical, non-helpful individual? Yes or no? <laughs> like, what do I do with this? Um, and the way I got through that was I finally just sort of um, told myself, hey, you were approached for a reason. Um you were asked to do this because the person who asked saw value in your opinion. You can offer that and it's up to the reader to interpret your feedback how they will. I have no control over that. Um, so ultimately I, I sort of focused in on, on what I felt would be constructive feedback um, and, and then just kind of put it out there in the world and said, hey, if they have any questions, have them email me and I'll, I'll be happy to talk it through. Um, so I, basically, uh, my way of overcoming it was realizing that I was in sort of a negative headspace um, and sort of talking my way through it. Um, 
And, and ultimately, I think anytime we're faced with a challenge and anxiety about something that's new or difficult, that's kind of where we have to start, right? Is recognizing that we're in an anxious headspace and then sort of making a plan, if you will. You know, how am I going to overcome this? Uh, so that feels like a great place to, to stop today's discussion on anxiety around writing. Uh, I hope that you, dear listener, found this, if not necessarily helpful, at least affirming, right? Like validating in some way that it's not just you, it's pretty much everybody, including experienced teachers and writers. Uh, we're all a little anxious about writing. Um, it, it is a difficult task. It is like learning a new language, um, but I am confident that you can do it. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, please come back. Uh, we're going to have a new one every couple of weeks where we tackle a new topic for discussion. And we also have two prior seasons already up to listen to. So again, if you like this, maybe try checking out one of our previous episodes. Um, so I guess we'll see you here in two weeks time. And until then, get out there and write something. <laughs>